0: Welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host Scott Haskin, and I am here to finish off my review of the album Waterdog by Era I'm very excited to bring you the rest of this review, guys. It's such a good album. I've listened to it a couple more times since I did the original review, you know, on paper, and uh, really just dig this album so much. So I'm happy to share it with you. Really excited always when I can do this with members of the band, people that performed on the album. Uh, it just makes it 10 times better for me. So without further ado, here is the next song, Groove Uh, let's talk about, uh, and, and tell me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Groovaquan. Groovoquan. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, good. Now,
1: Groovequan, the title is, is kind of funny because like, uh, in the DAW, you know, there's like quantize
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then there's groove quantize. So I said, Oh, Grooveaquan." It, it was just a working title because I used the groove quantize in a couple of
0: places mm. and it stuck. Yeah. It's, it's an intriguing title for sure.
1: And so I said, okay, well, Groovyquan will be a place Mm -hmm. in this song. You know, it's called Groovyquan, the place. Okay. But also it's a a mindset.
0: Okay, I like that. Um, One thing that I had noted was that I love the sound. It sounds like it's a piano, but it sounds like it's not quite a piano. Was there an effect you guys used?
1: No, it's just me and Dave. Dave on the synth and me on the guitar playing in unison. So it sounds you know full mm-hmm. and uh, yes, there is a lot of piano in there, like uh I believe on the verses, and groovaquan is also use of a, a whole tone scale, which is not common in uh in music in rock music
0: mm-hmm. very true. I also uh really love the double bass part with the growling vocals uh over it. I just thought that part was so stunning.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that part with the uh. The whole tone scale,
0: and then uh, and, and then at the end, where we just get this beautiful, uh, almost like a, a synthetic harp sound. I'm not sure exactly what he used there, uh, but I just I just love that. It was kind of reminiscent, and, and I hate to make this comparison because it's really weird, but it was kind of reminiscent of Enya.
1: Could be. I mean, uh, Michelle and uh, I'm sure Dave have a lot of influences, both of them,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: her voice sometimes could sound a bit like Enya's.
0: Yeah, between that and the and the patch that um, that David was using, uh, just really sounded yeah. The finale, yeah. You know, the next song on the album, I guess, would be the the beginning of side two. If this were an LP, is a song called "Breach of the Humanoids." I love that title; it's so intriguing. But the first thing that I always think of, or the first two things I always think of when I hear the words the word "humanoids." is uh, two video games that were from the 80s. And I know that I just recently reviewed uh, Buckner and Garcia's Pac-Man Fever album, but this has nothing to do with that. This would have happened anyway. Robotron 2084 and the game Berserk, which Berserk, there was a song on Pac-Man Fever, uh, relating to that game but though whenever I hear the word humanoid that's the first thing that comes to mind and then you know some sci-fi movies and things like that. but I always find that that's such an intriguing title because it just goes back to that time where we're learning about things or trying to learn about things or imagine things that we just don't know about space and what could be out there. so it's always a great word to have in a title and breach is another word that um, just really gives you some kind of visuals of like, you know, maybe an explosion breaching a doorway or, um, you know, some kind of military going into an area that they're trying to secure or take over uh, hostily, of course. But uh, those are such good words, such great imagery uh, in, in the title. So Breach of the Humanoids is a great title. Let's hear a little bit of the song. Breach of the Humanoids is another just powerful song. What are your thoughts on that one?
1: Well, Breach of the Humanoids, first of all, that's a Doom song. I created, a, you know, I like to play a, a Doom metal song in every album, at least. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the one on that one. Breach of the Humanoids is uh, kind of influenced a little bit by uh, Doctor Who. Oh. And, and uh, you know, when it says, like, uh, at one point... Uh, reigning machine men taking over Earth. Now you see, uh, that could be the the Daleks, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Right. It's just uh, something about resisting, you know, the resistance. But at the same time, see, at first in the song, we're trying to, you know, uh, invite new cultures, tentative doors opening to the sky, Mm -hmm. which means hey, maybe nice aliens or something. And then we get Daleks, basically.
0: Well, like Roger said, beware of what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I love the bass drum on this song, and maybe it's just the way that it fell musically, because, of course, when you're dealing with different frequencies and different songs, even keeping things exactly the same, cut through differently. Uh was, was there something differently that you remember doing with the bass drum, or was that just a byproduct of yeah, the Yeah, I think
1: I used a deeper bass drum for that one. Oh, okay. I, I switched the bass drum to... I have a Ludwig uh, 24 on most of the album, I believe. But this one it was like a 26.
0: That would explain it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it cut through very nicely. There's some really nice and, vocal effects in the song, too.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, the way she sings it, uh, I told her, sing it in unison, mm-hmm. you know, which she did. And uh, she she used mostly her uh, her angelic voice there. Right and a lot of a lot of uh, echo on it.
0: Yeah, I I thought it was very beautifully done. The effects were were really complementary and not over the top and I think uh, a lot of people would have tended to go over the top, but it was it was very tasteful. She works very well with effects. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's also a really beautiful string solo with a with a wonderful backing guitar in it as well.
1: Yeah, I think there's some uh, nice bass in there too mm-hmm. on that solo. Yeah, it's like uh, Jean, and Dave working together very well there.
0: Mm-hmm. And this was another song that just has a, a moment where it takes a breath, and, and then you're just back into it again.
1: Yeah, and what I really love about that song is the piano solo at the end that he did. It's just grand, you mm-hmm. know. That I was... call it the grand. I call it the grand finale.
0: <laughs> well, that that it is because it really it's really elegant too in the middle of this chaos. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things I just love about art is that you could take a concept like that and turn it into something completely different, express it with music instead of words or visual, you know, having to tell the story exactly as it plays out in your head so that other people understand it. With music, it can be completely abstract, but you still get a certain element of what the song is about. I mean, certainly the title is going to lead your mind in certain directions when you're listening to the music. But it just seems like you could take a a story from anywhere and turn it into something musical. And I just love that about the medium. I think with like graphic art or painting, um, you might be a little more limited because you only have like that one opportunity to show people. And usually it has to be a little bit more literal for them to really get the concept and maybe even so with music. But it feels like with music, you can explore so many different things. You can go on a journey with different color palettes and things. To really bring out the, uh, the conflict, the curiosity, all the different things that you're going to feel in that song. And I, I just love being an artist, and this is part of the reason why. But we go from Breach of the Humanoids to a song called The Mold. Mm-hmm. Before I get into my thoughts on the songs, you know, normally I talk about the album cover and it, I was so excited to get these little interview clips and everything together that I completely forgot to talk about it. I love the cover of this album. It's water within water, but you can clearly define the shape of the dog. And it's a very literal, literal translation of the cover. It speaks better than I can, apparently. But uh, I really like it. I don't know who did the design on it, but it's it's really cool. I, I, I love taking something that really is one thing and turning it into two things that are the same thing. Like, like you could just have the water, but then within the water or in front of the water, I should say, there's a dog that's also made of water. That's just such a cool concept to me to be able to do that and to do it so well. So check out the album, album artwork, because it's really good too. Now we're going to get into finding out what Michelle had to say about the mold. Uh,
2: yeah, the mold is definitely, uh, one of my favorites on the album. Um I really, really like the uh the lyrics uh, that Jerry did on that. It's one I think it's one of his best um overall from all the albums he's done and oh, wow. especially <laughs> especially on this album. Um and it was a, it was really fun to sing. Um there's like the sort of angelic chorus part which is something that it's good to have the both you know, the previous song uh, was groovy. Sorry, was more you know like the growling, and this is more uh, angelic and light, and it's like black and white, light and dark kind of thing, which is something that Arabesque have always kind of strive to do, and not just make an album where all the songs sound like copies of each other. They're they're very different in themselves to make a a more interesting album and a more enjoyable listening experience.
0: How about the mold? Yeah, the mold
1: is about, you know, being uh, clones, basically. Mm -hmm. All brothers and sisters, and you're molded like all the others. You have the same features, the same identity, you know, but cracks appear, you know.
0: Right, right. Uh, I love your choice of using 16th on the hi hat. Oh, thank you. I thought that really helped drive the song forward mm-hmm. um, in, in ways that it wouldn't have normally. Yeah, I, I
1: would have maybe tended to use uh, eighths there, but uh, I the 16th sounded nice.
0: And I love that they're sporadic too. They're not just straight 16ths through the whole song.
1: No, because like when I take a beat or something, I don't leave it as is, I will play around with it, change stuff, you know?
0: Mm hmm. Well, that's what keeps it interesting. And and it's weird because normally 16ths are designed to give you that, you know, locomotive feel to the song. Right. But putting it in spots, it still gave me the feeling it's almost like my mind filled in the gaps and kept playing the 16ths that weren't there. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's the drummer in me or what, but uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And this is another song that has that Egyptian feel to it.
1: Well, you know that song is probably my second favorite on the album. It just uh, drives you on that F sharp, you know, uh, chorus Dual- F sharp verse. Oh, uh, okay. F sharp verse, yeah, which is kind of heavier,
0: mm-hmm.
1: while the chorus is really light. And what I did on that, the effect that I used to echo, is perfectly timed to repeat in time. Mm-hmm. So if you hear. Take the first verse, looking through a darkened window, and then it repeats, looking through it, but a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. It's like having a call and repeat sequence, which is out of the blues.
0: Right. But it added kind of a almost haunting element to it, to me, to my ears, because it was slightly lower.
1: Yes, that, that was the point.
0: Yeah. And then there's a beautiful dual guitar solo in there as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that solo. That's fun. I was going to say that so m- must have been a lot of fun to play.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, it was super fun. I, I
0: really enjoyed it. I noticed, too, that the ride really cuts through on this song. Oh, yeah, the ride, yeah. Mm-hmm. That really yeah, cuts through nicely. Definitely. I, I
1: hit the bell there, too, a few times.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really It really was a strong sound, and um, I love the tone of it. I think it fit the song beautifully. Uh, All right. The other thing that I noted, too, was that I really love the organ sound on this one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He didn't use too gnarly. Uh, it was like a softer, but it fitted perfectly.
0: Mm-hmm. It was a nice blend, I thought, between the guitar, you know, having a really heavy distortion on it. And then you've got the organ, which it doesn't. I thought that really complemented in this one.
1: Yeah. In contrast, safe to the Champ, which is
0: like gnarly everything. Right. Yeah. It's full force. Yeah. Uh, and this one like
1: just holds back a little bit and it sounds good.
0: Yeah, and I think that the placement of this song, too, in particular, uh, was really good, because coming out of um, Breach of the Humanoids, um, it really felt, uh, you know, from a tempo standpoint, from the emotion of the song, I thought that really blended well.
1: Yeah, they blend well. They also have pretty well the same echo effect. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, the same kind of uh, eerie voice that she puts out. Like, So, yes, you're absolutely correct.
0: Was it, is it hard for you uh, to choose a song order when you're working on an album? Not
1: really. We just talk about it a little bit, Michelle and I, and uh, determine what fits with what, you know? And uh, yeah, but that's the way we work. Very easy.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that. You know, the, the more you can simplify things and just make choices, the, the better off it is because otherwise you tend to overthink things. And especially when it comes to mixing, you can mix yourself out of a brilliant sounding song. I know. I've been there. <laughs> Too many I have times. To put all
1: the faders back to zero <laughs> and start all over. Uh, yes. uh, one thing I forgot to mention on uh, Breach was that it's in,
0: uh, in D. Oh, is it? Okay.
1: I believe, I believe it's in D or in C sharp. Hmm. I'd have to confirm that.
0: Interesting. Was there a particular in, reason that you chose that? Uh, just to make it heavier.
1: Oh, okay. Well, Same with back at the back at the gate, which we'll be talking about. Everything else is in uh, standard tuning.
0: You know, I realize when I normally do these album reviews, I go into, you know, some detail about my thoughts on the song right after I played it. But what I realized when I was putting this episode together is that in talking to Jerry, I talked about pretty much all the points that I would have made. Uh, you know, had I just been doing the review by myself. So I'm just including, my thoughts in my conversation with him and some with michelle as well so uh that's why the format's a little bit different than what you guys are used to with the album reviews but i had such a good time talking to them and really getting the backstory behind these songs so wow we're almost done i i can't believe it we're at the second to the last song this is track seven on the album and it's called back at the gate But speaking at back of the gate, this is the uh the more bluesy, um, not quite traditional, but more of a bluesy song. Yeah. Oh that one. <laughs> that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we try to do blues here and there because that's in our DNA.
0: Sure. Uh but it but it has I mean it has a metal sound to it. It sounds very heavy, but it definitely is a bluesy influence song. Uh great yeah, piano a on this structure.
1: one, too. Oh yeah, piano on it wow yeah i got the i said to dave i said well come on you can do like regular or fender roads or whatever you know mm. it'll sound great one way or another and uh what i like about the song is that i put that uh that uh five four at the end there right in, in tribute to take five mm. uh, i mean it's the same, same structure as take five but it's different chords
0: well, now that you're saying that, I kind of want to hear what that song would have been like with the Rhodes on it.
1: Yeah, well, that that was his choice, you know? Sure.
0: I think it would have I think you're right. I think it would have sounded good either way.
1: I think he has a Rhodes on the jazz part, though.
0: Take a listen. I'm going to have to listen back, because I I don't know these songs extremely well uh, yet, because I've only heard it a couple of times, but yeah, uh, he, that's, that is very possible.
1: Standard piano on most of the song, and then when we get in that you know that five uh he uses a rose for okay. sure
0: i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again uh but it's a, it's a great song it's really strong i like the fact that it's it's a little more uh laid back from the rest of the songs as far as the intensity goes It it really kind of rounds the album out very nicely
1: thank you and that's michelle's lyrics pretty well oh is it okay yeah very cool She's uh pulling out her inner Janice there, I think <laughs> she loves covering
0: Janice uh well her voice is perfect for it it's that with that hard grit she's got in there, yeah, for sure well, before we get to the final track, let's take a moment and hear what Michelle had to say about back at the gate
2: uh back at the Gate um is our like our standard blues number for the album um. Mm which I, I really enjoy singing blues styles and definitely uh, this one, I, I wrote the the lyrics for. Um, so I, you know, it's, it's easier for me to put how I'm going to, to sing it when I'm writing the lyrics myself. But um, Jerry's a, a phenomenal um, li- lyric writer also. So I'll give uh, props to him, but yeah, <laughs> back at the gate is. that, uh, Is definitely
0: uh, one of my favorites. Well, folks, when you listen to the full song, you can see why even just from that snippet, you can see that it's a good flowing blues song with a really heavy edge to it. I, I dig it. And that brings us to our final track already. And it's called Elliptical Choice. The last song on the album is another one that I just I, I'm just blown away by elliptical choice. So, how what does the title mean to you?
1: It's just that uh, people sometimes don't go straight to their choices, they take their time, they go around and check uh, is this the right choice or that you know, it's like circling around a choice, you know. Okay, so that, that's where it comes from.
0: That's good, i I, I could see that. Um, There is some really nice mandolin work on this song as well. Um, And you you had mentioned earlier that it's uh, mandolin at the end of it. Um, Yeah. Great choice.
1: Mandolin and uh, acoustic guitar mixed together Mm -hmm. most of the song. And then just mandolin, well, still at the end. But then I cut off the guitar track and it's only the mandolin that finalizes it.
0: Right. Yeah, and and I noticed too that uh it well the drum pattern is just awesome on the song too.
1: Yeah, that's like a uh, King Crimson inspired?
0: Ah, uh, I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> uh I I think too that just the blend of the the piano and the bass uh really stood out to me too on this one in particular. But it's a great ending. Uh, the the ending for the whole album. Uh this is the perfect song to end the album with. Thank you. Yeah, and and as I mentioned, I think if you if you put the, the album on repeat and just play this song out back into the champ, uh, it I'll just have
1: to check that out. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's so seamless, um, just because of the way that the effects end on the mandolin uh, and then coming into the beginning effects on the album, it just it just blends so perfectly. But man, I I can't thank you enough for for putting this album out into the world because I think it's something that is so different and unique. It's relatable but it's also something that I feel like I've never heard anything quite like at the same time.
1: But oh, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really weird combination for me because I usually identify with music or or I don't identify with it at all until I get used to it. But some of this stuff right off the bat I'm like, yeah, I feel this and other parts I'm like, I've never heard anything like this. And it was just a really pleasant blend for me. And and it's definitely an album that I will listen to again many times.
1: Oh, wow. Cool.
0: Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to checking out your, your the rest of your catalog because uh, you guys, you, what you've put together, and I know that you're the primary writer on it. I mean, what you've put together is really something fantastic, but I think you've got some really magical players on this too, that uh, really it's an element of everyone's experience.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like... They're all like bring something to the table that without them it would not be the same.
0: Right. You know. Exactly. Well, there you have it, folks. That was Water Dog by Arapaxis, the newest album in their growing collection. Looking forward to seeing what they do next already. And they haven't even done it yet. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of theirs now. I'm really looking forward to checking out the rest of their catalog when I have some time. Don't really get to listen to music that much anymore. To just sit and enjoy it uh, as it should be, uh, I usually find that I'm doing two or three things at the same time. So when I listen to a new album, especially by a band I've never heard, I really like to just sit down and focus and and not be distracted by other things and give the music a hundred percent of my attention. So I can see what I feel, how it makes me feel, and what I think of it. And it's hard to do that if you're not really giving it your full attention. But, guys, the links are in the show notes. Go share, uh, you know, give them a shout out on Twitter or Facebook and, you know, let them know you care. Let them know that you enjoyed the episode, that you like the album, and get on their, you know, all, all the lists for their site so that when they do more stuff, you can find out about it. The more that we share what artists do, the better chance they have of being successful. You know, uh, it's tough for artists in this world of Spotify not really being paid for music anymore. And for those people that are, going to great lengths and working with some really class A musicians to get projects done. You know, they really deserve the recognition. So just take a couple seconds and do that. I'm sure you'll make them very happy. Thank you for sticking with me through this episode. I just realized that um, I had another episode already scheduled for this week. So that's the one I'm going to bump to next week. That is a review of a classic album that most of you should be familiar with to some level or another, or at least know a couple of songs from. And then the following week, the interview I've had to hold back. And you guys will understand why uh, once you see who it is. But stick with it, guys. Have a great weekend. Take some time to do something for yourself. Do something for somebody else. Just put a smile on somebody's face. It's really easy to do. And you know what? You'll probably end up smiling because you did it. So it's a win-win for everybody. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you to Arapaxes for hanging out with me, for the interviews, for you know the insight into their music, and for taking the effort to make this amazing album and put it out there for us to enjoy. Take care, guys. Cheers.